Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you're enjoying your day as much as I have been enjoying because it's just today's just a good day in general right now to be said. So first things to, first that we're going to be talking about today, there are some stocks making some big moves in the after hours. And I would like to talk about some of these companies because, I mean, we're going to be talking about Roku, Adobe and, a, and one more. We're then going to be talking about how Elon Musk issues a warning to Tesla because it says here Tesla cuts job opening since Elon Musk economic warning. Okay. The fact now that even Elon Musk is talking about this, should we should be paying attention to it. We're also be talking about how everyone knows inflation is on fire, but here's what's really fueling it. Okay. And we got some more news on Joe Biden. Joe Biden says a recession is not inevitable to the news report today. And finally, there's a news report from CNBC that says a shallow recession is on its way. Strategies warned, no, strategists warned. Here's how it could play out. With that being said, guys, like I always say, before I start every podcast, I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. I cannot give you financial advice in any way, shape or form. You need to talk to your professional advisor because they understand your financial situation a lot better than I do. I am just a podcaster and I'm just someone who's currently reporting the news of what he's reading on everyday news articles. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Stocks making the biggest move in after hours, Roku, Adobe, and more. From CNBC, here are the stocks making the most notable news after the bell. First off, you have Adobe. According to the CNBC, shares of the software company dropped about 4% after its forecast came in lighter than expected. Adobe cited foreign exchange rates and the war in Ukraine as negative for its outlook. The company's second quarter results did top estimates on the top and bottom lines. Roku also, the streaming video stock jumped more than 4% after Roku and Walmart announced a partnership. A part of the deal, Roku viewers will be able to purchase products in certain ads on the Roku devices through Walmart's e-commerce platform. And finally, United States Steel. The steel stock jumped more than 7% after releasing earnings estimates for the second quarter that were much higher than expected, thanks in part to the strength of its flat rolled steel segment. U.S. Steel said it now expects to earn about $3.83 and $3.88 per share after adjustments in the quarter. Analysis surveyed by Fact Sets Street Account and penciled in earning per shares of $3.29. Okay. First off, the one that sticks out the most is Adobe. I love the fact that Adobe, which is a software company that tends to make, I think, a computer program mostly for like making flyers and stuff, if I'm not mistaken is claiming that the war in Ukraine is negative for its outlook. I don't know how Ukraine affects Adobe in any way, shape, or form, but I feel like this is just an excuse for Adobe because they had a poor quarter, okay? It could also be, too, that because of their poor quarter, it could also have been because maybe there's not as many companies making stuff anymore on the Adobe platforms, okay? I mean, it would be like if Microsoft were to say, oh, we're being affected by the Ukraine war because our Microsoft Word and Excel programs weren't being used. I could see that potentially because, but at the same time, I don't. I think Adobe's just making excuses currently right now. And obviously, I don't have enough information to back it up. But the fact that they're using the, I mean, for foreign exchange rates, I could see that being a problem, especially if you're having to buy an Adobe program for your computer. I can see that being a problem for Adobe, but the war is just hard to, to swallow currently right now. So keep an eye out for Adobe guys, because maybe things aren't as good as we thought it, thought it were. Hard to tell. Keep an eye out for Adobe, but Roku, good for Roku for being able to get this partnership with Walmart 
And United States Steel, good to see that they're currently on the rebound right now. So, continuing on the next article, Tesla cuts jobs opening since Elon Musk economic warning. Tesla has cut job postings by 14% since Chief Executive Elon Musk warned that he was worried about the economy needed to reduce staff and would pause hiring worldwide. Tesla's actions actions are concerning signs of health of the global economy as markets contract, inflation soar, and recession worries run rampant. The number of jobs listening on Tesla website has dropped from 5,011 from 5,855 at the start of the month. According to data provided by Rudders, by Thinkum Alternative Data, listings are down 32% from a recent high on May 21st. In addition, about 20 people identifying themselves as Tesla employees said they were laid off, let go, or had positions terminated in the past week in online postings and interviews with Rudders. That is a tiny number compared to the size of Tesla's workforce, but several described being part of a 10% job reduction, signaling that the company is indeed laying off workers. Other Tesla's workers cited a sense of uncertainty over how job cuts would be implemented and said Musk ordered earlier this month that they would return to the office and stop working remotely had made their positions untenable. Tesla did not respond to Rudder's request for comment. The full scope of the job reduction and to what extent those cuts have been offset by additional hiring was not immediately clear. And Tesla remains a sought after employer with a climate focused mission and a record of innovation that has fueled rocketing vehicle sales. Tesla, which has about 100,000 employees globally at the end of last year, also canceled three online recruitment events for China that had been scheduled this month. Tesla has continued to hire in some areas, including Germany, where Tesla is ramping up production on delay on delayed electric vehicle factory near Berlin. The regional economy minister for Brandenburg, the state where the plant is located, said earlier this week that Tesla was hiring 500 to 600 new workers per month and has recruited about 4,500 people so far. Continuing on with the article, super bad start to Musk message. Musk told Tesla executives in an email on June 2nd, seen by Rudders, that he had a super bad feeling about the economy and that the company needed to cut staff by 10% and pause all hiring worldwide. He followed up the next day with a note. Sorry. He followed up the next day with a note to all employees saying 10% job cuts would apply to salary workers, not hourly workers. And on June 4th, he tweeted that over the next 12 months, salary workers' headcount would remain the same and total headcount of Tesla would likely increase. Musk warning about the economy was read by analysis as a warning for the broader auto sector, which has been strong demand relative to production despite two years of global pandemic and increasing concern of, of the risk of a recession. Tesla has achieved record deliveries, earnings despite supply chain constraints, but a lockdown in Shanghai cut production. Its share prices dropped 40% this year partly because of the concerns by Tesla investors about how Musk offered to buy Twitter. Others found evidence that Tesla has pulled back on job postings in recent weeks. Hedge fund Snowbull Capital calculated a 24% drop in Tesla job postings globally in the first week on June, a correction the first week of June, and a 12% decrease in the second week of June. I mean, it's, it's going to get interesting. What's going to happen? People are losing their jobs currently right now. I've been saying it for a while. I honestly believe we've been in this recession for a while and it's kind of happening right now. It might've been a little slow, but things finally do catch up to what's really happening. I mean, Tesla's not having hiring as many people. Microsoft's not hiring as many people. Two real estate companies are real, are laying off 10 and 8% of their workforce. Tesla is now reducing its workforce size. How much more do we need to let us know that things aren't looking too well? Jamie Dimon's warning us that there's going to be storms ahead. Another bank CEO says there's going to be issues coming ahead. 
So the question now becomes is when are other people going to start admitting that things are coming, that, that we're already in this inflation or not inflation in this recession. It's hard to tell. Continuing on the article, it says two days before his job warning, Musk said a company email that he would fire workers who did not return to the office saying making the most exciting products will not happen by phoning it in. Tesla headquartered in Texas also has U.S. offices in Fairmont and Palo Alto, California. Musk abruptly ordered two workers to return to working from the office, blindside some two Tesla workers, told Rudders. One of them, a Tesla employee, had been hired to work remotely, told Rudders that the mixed messages were in, in pinging on work. Many of the conference calls I've gone on, people will say, have you heard anything? Do you know anyone who's gotten laid off? You have spent five to 10 minutes at the beginning of every call trying to get information, the person said. Need to keep an eye on this. If more companies are starting to lay off people, that means we are officially in this recession that they keep talking about. And it also makes me wonder how long the recession is potentially going to last if it is currently happening, if these news articles are correct. I mean, every day it seems like I'm pulling up a new 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 article about how things are looking in the economy and these companies are laying off people or not as hiring as many people. But it's good to see that Tesla still is a hotbed of where people want to go work. So continuing on with another article from CNBC, everyone knows inflation is on fire. This is what it's really fueling it. Well, this is what's really fueling it. Inflation doesn't just happen as a gas pump and the grocery store. There are literally hundreds of avenues that filter into broader measurement. The government uses gauges, price increases. The three inputs for the consumer price index, the most widely followed inflation measure are food, energy, and shelter. Oh, good. Maybe we'll get to read about how shelter is going up now too. Combined, they make up about 54% of the CPI. More importantly though, they are the main inputs into perceptions of inflation. Because going to the grocery store and filling up the gas tank are activities people do a lot, they tend to notice price fluctuations in them even more. That's particularly true for gas prices. Although they actually make up only a small part of the household budget, those are the basics, said Tom Proselli, chief economicus at RBC Capital Markets. That's what you'll have to spend money on. You'll have to spend money on shelter, you'll have to spend money on food, and most of us have to spend money on energy. Inflation represents a meaningful challenge for consumer spending. But when it comes to breaking down where the CPI inflation really comes from, the answer is more complicated. In fact, the biggest component in what is what the Bureau of Labor Statistics calls services less energy services. Think big ticket items such as shelter, but also more obscured ones like the lawn care companies, veterinarian bills, and car rentals. Together, that group amounts to 57% of CPI and has risen 5.2% over the past 12 months. The next biggest category, commodities, less food and energy commodities, that household supply, appliances, and clothing that are categories make up 21.4% of the index, and that is up 8.5%. In fact, despite all the headlines that gas prices get, the two smallest weights and the CPI both involve energy. Energy commodities such as fuel oil and propane make up 4.8%, while energy services include electricity and piped gas contributed 3.4% to CPI. However, those categories are respectively up 50.3% and 16.2% this year. Headline grabbing numbers. The other majority groups are food at home, up 11.9%, and food away from home, which has increased 7.4%. Economicists, just as the Federal Reserve, will strip out food and energy costs and look at core inflation to get what they think is better picture of inflation that exclude prices that fluctuate a lot. Core inflation may rose 6% over the past year, while the headline inflation was up 8.6%. Even Fed Chair Jerome Powell on Wednesday acknowledged, acknowledged that now is probably a good time to focus on the whole of inflation. 
Oh, these people are slow at everything they do, I swear. Gosh. Continuing on with a quote. Quote, the public expectations why they would be dis- distinguishing between core inflation and headline inflation, the central bank leader said in the post-meeting news conference. Quote, core inflation is something we think about people is, is a better predictor of future inflation, but headline inflation is what people experience. They don't know what core is. Why would they? I think everyone's feeling inflation. And the fact that these people are taking so long to admit it means they're afraid there's going to be panic in the making. You can't hide this forever, Jerome Powell. You can't. Okay? One of the best things you can do is to finally just admit it. But if he does admit it, it probably will cause the market to tank immediately. Okay? The more they ignore this issue, the worse, in my opinion, it's going to get. They just keep ignoring it over and over again. It's like as if everyone's burying their head in the sand and they're like, oh, everything's fine. It's not. Even Joe Biden is admitting it here in the politics side of CNBC News. President Biden says a recession is not inevitable. President Joe Biden told the Associated Press on Thursday that the American people are really, really down after a tumultuous two years with the coronavirus pandemic, volatility in the economy, and now surging gasoline prices are hitting family budgets. He said a recession is not inevitable and bristled at claims by Republican lawmakers that last year's COVID-19 aid plan was full to fully to blame for inflation, reaching a 40-year high, calling for an argument bizarre. For the overall American mindset, Biden said, people are really, really down. They're really down, he said. They need for mental health in America. It has skyrocketed because people have seen everything upset. Everything they've counted on upset. But most of all, it's consequences of what happened. What happened as a consequence of the COVID crisis. Speaking to the, to the API in 30 minutes, Oval Office interview, Biden addressed the warnings by economics that the United States could be headed for a recession. First of all, it's not inevitable, he said. Secondly, we're in a strong position than any other nation in the world to overcome this inflation. The president said he saw a reason for optimism with a 3.6 unemployment rate and America relatively strength in the world. Be confident because I'm confident that we're better positioned than any country in the world to own the second quarter of the 21st century, Biden said. That is, that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. Well, Joe, I hope you're right. Because if you're not right, you're going to blame the shift on everything but you. You're going to blame oil companies like you already are doing. You're going to blame the war in Russia. And you're probably going to blame also the, let's see, the farmers next. Are you going to blame them too? Of them being greedy because they want more money? Who, Who are you going to blame, Joe? You're running out of options for who you're blaming. I mean, I do agree with you, Joe. A recession is not inevitable. Recession probably will happen, probably under your term, and it's going to get messy. Here's an idea, Joe. Stop sending money overseas. Stop canceling these gas line projects that keep trying to get through. How about we revamp the American economy by actually not allowing these crazy people to control everything? Like, I guess, lighten up a little bit on the rules and regulations. I mean, what's going to happen now? There's just reports coming out that the baby formula shortage is going to happen again because I guess the plant in Michigan just recently had to shut down after being open for 11 days. How much more worse is this going to get? In all honesty, who are you going to blame next, Joe Biden? To be honest, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see who you blame next.
because there's only so many people left you can blame. And I'm not saying this is all his fault in the end. I'm not. I mean, gas prices were going up even before the war with Ukraine. And granted, the politicians in Washington during COVID were trying to do everything they can to make sure things didn't go insane under COVID. But at the same time, if you're printing this much money, things are just going to continue to get worse. Okay. Even CNBC is reporting the following as well. CNBC, U.S. economy, a shallow recession is on the way. Strategists warn, here's how it could play out. This is going to be fun to read this article. A shallow recession in the U.S. is a virtual certainty in the third quarter. Oh, good to know that Joe Biden says in the second quarter will be good, but the third quarter is what they're thinking is going to happen. According to Destination Wealth Management, Michael uh, Yoshikami, at the Federal Reserve launch, a historical attack on inflation. The Fed on Wednesday announced a 75 basis hike to interest rates, its largest since 1994. German Trump Powell also signaled the Federal Open Market Community intended to continue its aggressive path of monetary policy, tightening in order to rein in inflation. After the U.S. Consumer Price Index jumped by an annual 8.6% in May, the hottest inflation print since 1981. However, the closest watch the Fed GDP tracker is indicating that a recession is on the horizon and analysis expect the federal sharp hiking cycle to further depress already slowing economic growth. Speaking to CNBC Squawk Box Europe on Thursday, Yoshikami, founder and CEO of Destination Wealth Management, said the Fed, not ahead of another 50 to 75 points base hike in July, showed that the central bank is going to take any action necessary to stem inflation. Quote, now the problem we're going to have here is they're going to tip the economy into a recession when the consumer is ready, already starting to pull back, he said. The housing market in the U.S. is already locked up with mortgage rates close to 6% right now, and I think it's virtually certainly they're that we're going into a recession next quarter. Although a recession is now widely accepted, likely hold, uh, Yoshikami noted that it does not necessarily mean long-term economic pain is inevitable. Quote, there's a belief that if we raise enough, let it, let's say we raise another 75 basis points and we raise it by another 75, then it, then it is, then if there is a problem in the economy, if a shallower recession, which I suspect would be in the third quarter, the Fed actually has some room now to come back off some of those rates increases. His firm base believe is for a shallow recession later this year before the Fed cuts rates next year in order to reboot the economy once inflation is under control. Uh, Yoshikami suggested that this will be enable the U.S. economy to come out of a recession, achieve meaningful growth, and avoid stagflation, a period of high inflation, slowing growth, and high unemployment. Continuing on with the article, a global recession looms. There is a potential that the U.S. recession to spread throughout the world. I think it's already happened. We've talked about some things in the past, like Sri Lanka is having an energy crisis and a food crisis. The Middle East might have a potential food crisis in the making because there's no food in Ukraine. Parts of Africa are going to have the same food crisis because they're not getting their food from Ukraine. Andrea Dicenso, Vice President, Alpha Strategic Portfolio Manager at Lomas Sales, now put the chance of global recession at around 75%. However, she added the Fed's action yesterday, as well as other coordinated central bank actions have led to us to think that perhaps the global recession is likely to be shallow and potentially already priced into some assets. Speaking to CNBC Thursday, Dicenso agreed that the central banks would likely be able to limit the economic damage once the worst of inflation has passed. Not, not everyone is convinced that a recession is imminent. However, celebrity investor Kevin O'Leary argued Thursday that the U.S. economy is much stronger than people think, and there's no evidence of an impeding slowdown or recession yet. 
Quote, I'm not saying we won't get one, but everyone that's saying it comes around the corner next week is just wrong. He told CBC Squawk Box Asia. Yeah, Kevin O'Lear, I'm going to say this too for you. I don't think you're feeling the pain that probably average Americans are feeling. Okay. Yesterday in California, I had to go fill up my gas tank. It cost me $6 a gallon yesterday to fill up my gas tank. Last week, it was $5.85. That's a very rare finding in California to find gas that low currently right now. Okay. I got to say, these people, they're out of reality. It's insane. Okay. Prices are going up. Okay. I just went to get groceries today too. It was pretty, it was pretty up there just to buy a few items. These people are just, they're, they're not in the reality right now. Maybe I'm completely wrong and maybe things do bounce around faster and where it's not a bad recession in the making, but gas prices kind of tell me that we're in that recession. And at the same time, it just seems like they keep saying this is the hottest job market, but isn't it just the jobs that were lost during COVID that are being recovered pretty much? hard to tell. And the more these people talk, the more it just seems like no one knows what's going on. And of course, it's not going to affect these average people. Well, not average people, these high profile people like the Kevin O'Leary's and the Joe Biden's and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Warren Buffett's of the world. But it's going to affect everyone else. And these people just don't know what they're doing. It seems like half the time they're just spewing words. I mean, I wonder if they would actually like go out to the world and like go shopping. Like, like we should be like, we should run a TV show. Okay. This is what we should do. We should run a TV show where we make these celebrities during this time of high inflation, we should give them a balance of like, let's say, I don't know, let's, let's give them somewhere between a range of $25,000 $50,000 to last for a year. And we should make a TV show out of it and see how long they last. It'd be interesting. How much do you want to bet their comments would be a little different? Who knows? Seems like a good idea. Maybe Hollywood will hit me up one of these days and say, hey, we want to run this TV show. Sounds like a great idea. But when they do it, it'd probably be when the economy is booming. Still think we should do that though. Be interesting. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it to get the more information on what's potentially happening in the market right now. And if you have, I ask that you please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription that we get can help grow our podcast so we can be able to keep talking about what's happening out there in the economy and the market in general. That also being said too, please share this with friends or family as every every time you share it with someone, it helps grow this podcast even faster so we can continue talking about these events that are happening. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>